I believe that Anton and who else? And, and was it Gil? Who, who was staying at the motel and who was heading to the medical care centre? Yeah, Gil, was, Gil, Gil was doing going to the hospital. Gil was going right. to the hospital. And, and Hester was going with him. And Hester. Okay. And, um, yep. Charlie was staying at the motel. Charlie and Anton were staying at the motel. Okay. Uh-huh. All right. Good, good, good. Okay. So um, we'll actually start not with either of you, but we will start with you, Liren. Okay? Okay. Very slowly, the room spins into view. You're sitting on a hard plastic chair in what seems to be some kind of um, waiting room. And a man is kind of crouched down on his haunches in front of you, kind of just tapping you on the back of your hand, like slap, slap, slap. Um, uh, he, he has a kindly face. He's middle-aged. And he says, Mr. Brinks, Mr. Brinks, are you with me? Are you with me, Mr. Brinks? And he sees your eyes sort of focus for the first time he says oh that's that's good i was worried that you'd gone off again i turn my hand over and just gently close it around his because it's bothering me that he continues to pat my hand <laughs> and i say uh mr brinks uh okay uh that must be me um yes you seem to have lost your memory mr brinks um i found you um with this woman who's in the other room, she's had some kind of injury. Um, you were found walking along the interstate into town a few hours ago. Do you not remember anything? You don't remember oh, anything. I, no, no, I, I, okay. So just as an aside, I kind of believe him. Okay. Um, do you know how your clothes got so dirty? And you look down, um, to your um, clothing. You're wearing smart casual clothing, um, slacks, uh, loafers, but your trousers, your slacks, and your shoes are covered in this thick reddish mud. And for the first time, you, you realize that you're, you're feeling pretty bad. You feel nauseous. You've got a very sore throat. Your skin feels like painful, like it's been scraped or rubbed. And, um, and there's this strange acrid smell coming off the mud on your trousers. I, okay, I look very surprised. I, I, I have no idea how I got covered in mud. Is, is the woman that I was with okay? Um, well, Mr. Brinks, I've been treating her next door. Um, I, I guess you don't know who she is if you don't know who you are. Um, oh, I'm afraid I don't. Yes. Um, well, I, I'm not going to... I can't give them to you because I don't know what your relationship is to this woman, but um, her, her articles and possessions are next door in the room. Maybe if she comes around, we will, she'll be able to tell you who she is. Okay. Um, I, I feel really off. Like maybe I'm coming down with the flu or something. 
Yes, yes. So it's likely there's a lot of it going around at the moment. Oh, I feel like I could, I would really like to lay down. Would that be possible? Well, unfortunately, we, we're just a small medical center and we don't have, um, we only have one room with a, with a bed. But um, maybe, um, maybe you can sit in my office. Uh, I have a comfortable armchair there. Um, my my name's Dr. Stenhouse, by the way, and he, he sort of shakes you by the hand and says, come on, um, best you stand up, maybe get the blood flowing again. I think you've had a bit of a shock. Something must have happened to you. Were you in an axe? You, oh, you don't remember. You don't remember. I, I have no idea. Um, and he says, and here's your, um, uh, here's your stuff. And he g- g- hands you back a phone and a wallet. The phone is like a, a, a very, it's the cutting edge, um, you know, the, one of the latest models. It's um, a Nokia flip phone with a small LCD screen, absolutely cutting edge. You are Lionel Brinks. You're 35 year old male, birthplace New Orleans. Can you do a New Orleans accent? <laughs> oh my God, I suck at accents so bad. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, I'm trying but... to think of what a New Orleans accent sounds like. <laughs> okay, does, don't worry. Uh, but you've been living. You've been living in Los Angeles for so long. You've lost your accent. So let's. Okay. Let's, you have a Los Thank Angeles. You. <laughs> you, have a, <laughs> you have a Los Angeles driver's license, um, and you you're surprisingly tough for someone from your, the look of you you're quite maybe you're thin and wiry like tall and wiry tough um yeah um that's kind of all you need to know for now we'll explain the rest as, as we go along but your name's lionel brinks you 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 find out actually you look you have maybe a business card it's it says production assistant and then t s f obviously the name of your company but you don't know what TSF stands for. Okay. So, um, Dr. Stenhouse says, um, come in here and um, I think she might be rousing. I think I heard something from the room. Okay. And now we cut to Jeff. Yes. Jeff. <laughs> Jeff. Jeff. <sighs> right. You're dreaming. You're dreaming. Before you is a mass of undulating white grub-like things with many scuttling legs like a spider's. Corpulent and restless, the horde rustles and writhes over everything and one another. They are too numerous to count, stretching out as far as your eye can see, a squirming sea of sickly pus-coloured life. There are millions of the things, and you know that they are waiting for when the time is right to spill forth from below into the sunlit world above to follow the will of their Lord. And as alien as the creatures are, they do not repulse you because you know that you are one of them. Okay. (laughs) And um, you are going to be starting quite naturally with arachnophobia after having okay. that dream okay so you are absolutely terrified of spiders you you slowly gain regain consciousness after that horrific dream you're lying on a bed covered in a sheet and you swear that you can feel something or some things crawling over your legs at the 
bottom of the sh- um, underneath the sheet. Oh, okay. Well, then I, I have to I jump up and uh, and tear the sheets off my legs and scream. <laughs> you do indeed. Um, you do that, and uh, you rip the sheet back, but there's nothing there. It was just in your mind. Um, and as you do that, um, you realize that you are you you have no recollection of who you are where you are or how you got there and at this precise moment the door opens to the small room that you've been asleep in and two men come in neither of whom you recognize and one of them says ah um mr mr brinks this is uh, your friend seems to be awake are you okay miss he says Oh, I'm I'm definitely not okay. I'm going to uh, to grab this sheet and hold on to it like it is the only real thing that I uh, that I know about, and uh, scuttle back into. Uh, there's got to be a corner around here somewhere. Yeah. Okay. Yes. You I back into. I don't the like corner. the looks of these two. <laughs> okay. Um, Doctor Stevenson says. Uh, sorry, Doctor Stenhouse says. No, calm down. Calm down. Calm down. Um, you've you've had some trauma. I, I don't know what's wrong with you. I, I don't have the right equipment here to do any type of tests, but I think there's something wrong with you. And as he says this, um, Lionel, you suddenly get this sweat, this cold sweat, and all you can think about is like hospitals and operations and cutting, you know, cutting people open, and and that it just suddenly makes you absolutely. Um, you know, frightened to your to your core. Um, you also have a phobia, as we have now discovered. You have something called tomophobia, which is a fear of operations. Okay, well, Lionel's just going to back up and, like, lean against the wall right beside the door jam because he doesn't want to look like a wimp in front of strangers. <laughs> so he's just watching. Okay, okay. Um... um. I'm going to continue to be scared and hunker down in the corner, clutching the bedsheet. Okay. Um, he says, calm down, miss, calm down. Um, I think it sounded like you were having a bad dream. That was all. There's nothing here to scare you. My name's Dr. Stenhouse. I've been looking after you for the last two hours. You, you stumbled in here um, two hours ago with Mr. Brinks here. Your purse and your possessions are there on the bedside table please if you wish just take them look at them try and remind yourself of how you got here um if you need any further help we may have to call st mary's in michigan okay i I will i will very cautiously try to make my way over to my possessions but keeping an eye on both of them and uh and then I get my possessions, I assume. And, and what does what do I have? Well, you have a purse with your ID in it. Um, okay. You you also have um, a phone. Um, this is an interesting phone. It looks like it's something's been done to it. Like some additional pieces of like hardware have been attached to it, or something. Very strange. But you seem to know what they are. Even though you can't remember, you know that you've got this kind of frequency scanner thing that you've that you must you must have been you attached it to your phone. Hmm. 
Okay. Um, and and what does the what does the ID say? Who who so, am I? You are Vivian Belend. You you are a hacker. You realize that from looking through your stuff because you've got all kinds of things that remind you of what you do. Um, you live in Palm Desert. Um, you're eight, 37 and you were born in Atlanta. Right now, you don't feel anything but in danger. And nope. everything's suddenly too much for you. And you start thinking about the just the feeling of utter incomprehension and, and lostness and, and this hor- horrific dream. You faint. <laughs> awesome. That's probably the least bad thing that could happen to you right now. So um, uh, you just, yeah, Viv, uh, you, uh, Stenson and, and, and Lionel, you see, you see uh, Vivian just kind of wobble for a bit and then she crumples to the floor. Stenson rushes over and tries to catch her but fails and she clump, clumps to the floor. And he says, oh, my goodness me. I, I think we might, we might have to get her... Um, to the to the hospital, St Mary's, in uh, in Saginaw. What do you th- what, what do you th- um, would what, what do you think, um, Mr Brinks? Have you ever? Well, I guess, I guess it's for well, me to decide, isn't it? Really. Well, let me at least pick her up and put her back on the bed. Yes, 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 yes. Good idea. All good right. idea. All right. So he does that. Yes, I do that. <laughs> okay, and at that precise moment, you hear outside the building because it's quite a small building you hear the crunch of gravel of a of a vehicle pulling up and we will cut to gill and hester now who was the one that was um not feeling so well so to speak gill gill okay yeah. so um you 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 get out of the ambulance and you go into the medical center and you you realize that there's no one at the desk but there's a door open and there seems to be some people at the back Okay, I'll, I'll say, you know, hey, can we have some medical attention here? <laughs> okay. Um, I'll just call voice... out, say, hey, is anyone in there? Okay. okay, a voice in the back says, hold on a second, sir, hold on. I, um, we're a bit busy now. Um, okay, and um, the, 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 a man comes out from the back room who's obviously uh, the doctor or the, uh, you know, medical practitioner. And he says... My my God, it's a busy night. What's I, I, I'm a bit overwhelmed now. I've got a, a couple of people out the back who've lost their memory and they're covered in mud and all kinds of crazy stuff. What what can I do for you? I'll, I'll explain to him that I've been coughing up blood and I'm really worried. Something. Okay, is. okay. Um, look, can you sit down for one minute? Um, and and what about you, Miss? He says, I also haven't been feeling well. I came to accompany him, and and I also would like to just get a general check check up. Okay, okay. Um, well, <clears throat> we only have one examination room, so so j- just wait one minute. Wait one minute. And he goes into the back, and then um, a couple of minutes later, you see him um, kind of helping, kind of him and this other. Uh, man come out of the room and they've got a a um a young woman who looks to be in not very good shape but they've they're kind of um you know helping her walk through to the waiting room um and they uh they come over to you and they and they sit her down next to you you look over 
and you know who these two people are <laughs> that were brought out of the bag. You, you don't exactly know who they are, but they are extremely... It's like you feel like... Su- it's that very weird feeling of knowing that you know someone, but not knowing why you know them. <laughs> you know that feeling. Right. So, Can Gil, I-, do, we, I know them, Gil. Do you, I can't recall their names. You know who the, they are, Gil? And I'll, I'll turn around to them and say, hey, are you guys with TSF? Well, uh, Lionel kind of stammers, uh, uh, TSF, what does what is TSF? Uh, it was in your... Um, on your business card. Right, the initials, but I didn't know what it oh, was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we know we were TSF. We found that out on the fan data. Yes, you did. You did. Uh-huh. It means the supernatural files, just to remind everyone. <laughs> 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 when you share that, uh, I'm just really like, uh, uh, oh, okay. Well, uh, yes, I'm with TSF. Yeah, we. Uh, I'll say we, we, we were involved in an accident with the van. And uh, we're having trouble remembering things. Oh, so am I. So am I. That makes sense. But mud? What was it? Muddy where the accident was? Yeah, there there was red clay, like a red clay mud, but not, but not where we crashed, not where we woke up. But we were all covered in this red clay mud, kind of like wow. you, you are right now. Yeah. I. I huh. Interesting. I'll ask them, have you got motel keys? They do. They do indeed. Um, you, you both looking... Well, I, I guess Vivian is only just kind of coming to, so probably not. But, but Lionel, uh, you, you actually check in your pocket and you find a motel key. Looking have rather you? surprised. <laughs> it's obviously the same motel key. Yes. That um, we've got there. There. The Coach and Lantern Motel, West Vienna Street, Clio, Michigan. Wow. Oh, well, clearly oh. we do know each other. Uh, um, great. Okay. Because I, I haven't. I, I've just been sitting here wondering what on earth I'm going to do next. So, 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 what have I missed? <laughs> well, that, that's a. <laughs> we're, we're still trying to figure that out. Um, <laughs> We... There's two other guys back at the motel. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. That must have been a terrible accident. Yeah, our van came off the road, and uh, we, we just we just woke up and didn't know who we were, where we were. So at we this point... We tried to piece things together. At this point, Dr. Stenhouse says, Now, tell me that again. So you crashed, and these two were found wandering on the interstate. Where did you crash exactly? Yeah, on the McComsey Road. So they got out the van, walked three miles to the interstate. Well, we and don't know walked... if they were in the van. We, well, we don't know whether they were in the van or not. We just woke up with that storm. Okay, okay. That is a good, yes, yes. But it sounds mighty strange to me. So you... You four were in the van and we weren't? Uh, no one well, knows. We that. woke up in the van. I, I, I don't know. I just mean we weren't there when you woke up? No. I don't remember you. No, you, you weren't there when I woke up. I, oh. I, I don't feel like I got thrown out of the van or anything. Wow. Oh. 
I'm conscious of feeling unwell, and I'm going to ask yes. the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, I hate uh, to interrupt this social <laughs> gathering, but uh, is it possible I could someone could check me out because I've been coughing up blood? Uh, sorry, Mr. Fairweather. Um, I, um, it is Mr. Fairweather, is it? Yes, yeah. you said. Yes, yeah. I, I, I'm terribly sorry. Yes, um, uh, so, sorry. It's just such a bit, such a crazy night. Um, why didn't you come into the examination room and I'll and I'll have a uh, I will, we'll, we'll have a look at you. Sure. Okay. So he takes you into the back and props you up on the bed and he says, "So, um, so, Mr. Fairweather." Um, now you tell me you've been coughing up blood. Yeah. Um, how and, long uh, has this been happening for? Well, it's happened a couple of times so far. Uh, we 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 crashed in the van, but I didn't feel like I'd been injured. Um, Are you a smoker? No, no, he's not. Um, okay. Uh, have you had any lung disease? No, no. Okay. Listen, Doc, how... I, can just, I can just about remember my name at the moment. So, <laughs> um, how much blood came out when you coughed? Can you describe what happened? Yeah, I'll, I'll describe what happened, and I think I'll also describe about the uh, the maggoty. <laughs> <laughs> what? Well, why did you describe it? Uh, well, it's these maggots came out and crawled away. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, Say that again. I thought you said I thought you said you coughed up some maggots. I must have been mishearing yeah, yeah. you. I'm very I, tired. The second time I coughed up some blood, and there looked to be things like maggots in there, or like spiders crawling uh, away. <laughs> Mr. Fairweather, are you sure that you weren't imagining this? This 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 isn't possible. This isn't well, anything. This can't possibly have happened. You 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 can't have parasites inside your lungs. There's no well, such thing. Well, coughing up blood, so surely you can just take, check me out and see what's... Yes, yes. I. Uh, well, the trouble is oh. we don't have anything beyond the most basic equipment here. Um, if you... Um, I mean, I can, uh, I can listen to your breathing and um, maybe take a blood sample and whatever, but um, I, I, I can't do any, anything beyond that, so... If you're saying you're coughing up maggots, yeah, um, sounds to me like you need an MRI, sir. Oh, okay. But um, why don't I just li have a listen, see if I can hear anything. Yeah, sure. Um, and he makes a few notes in a pad, mutters under his breath. <laughs> and uh, then he gets his stethoscope, puts it to your chest, and he says, can you just breathe in strongly, sir? I do. Okay, and he puts it on the back and taps it a bit and does all that stuff. And he says, well, Mr. Fairweather, you, your breathing sounds perfectly normal to me. I, um, if you were coughing up, if you were, did you say there were, like, chunks of stuff yeah. yes if you were coughing up pieces of of flesh i i think there would be some very severe trauma and i would be able to hear it in your breathing and i cannot hear any problem with your breathing sir so you, are you insinuating that i've eaten something um it's possible that you vomited whilst coughing yes i think that is very likely oh okay this is worrying. <laughs> what, what worried expression. 
<laughs> but I, I'll tell you what. Let me take a blood sample. Um, I will. I will run it up to the lab tomorrow morning. We will have a um, analysis. Yeah, sure. And if we find anything, and if you're, but I, I'm going to discharge you now, um, along with your friends, because I'm, I'm going off shift. Um, if you're feeling any worse by tomorrow, we will send you straight to St. Mary's in Saginaw. Is that okay, sir? Yeah, it's okay. Can you take us all back to the hotel, motel? Well, I'm oh. not a taxi service, sir. <laughs> you can just call a cab. I'll I'll give you the number of the local cab service. Oh, Dimit- Dimitri is a very he's a he's a solid fella. Is is okay. old Dimitri? The doctor um, looks like he's looking like the examination has finished. So I'll, uh... <laughs> yeah, he's he's clearly. It, you would hazard a guess that he probably doesn't quite believe you after what you no, said. I can... yeah. <laughs> well, I'm I'm more worried about the fact that possibly I'm coughing up something I've eaten. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, so actually, when you think of that, you suddenly it's almost as if your throat sort of tenses up. The thought of eating, <clears throat> you have this sort of underlying, like. The thought of putting something into your mouth and swallowing it now is just a... It just repulses you, repels you. You can feel it gnawing at the back of your mind. Okay. And with that, we will cut back to the motel. Anton, Charlie. Please. Uh, you, you, you see the ambulance... Um, um, chug off down the interstate down into downtown Clio and you are there with your pieces of your scraps of paper your newspaper clippings and your um, shooting oh, your interview schedule from uh, Lynn well Charlie I think we have the, the possibility that we start to work on the new episode because it's very serious everything that's going on here well where do we start I mean I don't know what the hell going on was this, uh, this is Lily Austin with the the interview scheduled for midday. Uh, so then that is we have we have missed this uh, this the, the appointment with the the, the Lily. Well, okay, I don't know. I you don't know that. Coffee. You don't know that for sure. So you woke up at about five p.m. today. Oh yes. That is correct. Oh, but the, yes. Well, we've got no footage or, or sound for any of the interviews. It's all gone. Correct. And it wasn't in the van. But they exist. Somewhere they so. exist. Yeah. We have, we, have, we have the mayor on camera. We have the uh, chief. Uh, oh, that, that is another scheduled interview at the police station. If we did the interviews, I haven't got them. They've, they've disappeared. But this is this is a new mystery for our show, Charlie. We need to find the energy. We could we could put a blank screen up and say the mystery of the missing program. <laughs> Where's your creativity, <laughs> Charlie? We are planning this. We are here. Everything is happening. The potential. We are talking about potential here. I'm just I'm just paid to film. I don't I don't do potential. 
That is why I am the presenter, and you are just the, talent. the cameraman. You have not got the flair for this, I think. No. But what again. about what about um? Oh God, what's her name? The the missing woman. Where is she? The woman in your photos. In my photos. There were the photos of you and her getting getting up close. And they, oh, they, oh, the other yes. room. A the other room. Lynn. 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 Yes. It's in the other room. Yes. We need to find Lynn. Well, That's more important than the program. My feeling is this, Charlie, that if we find Lynn, we find the program. And if we find the program, we find Lynn. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, let's find Lynn. Okay. Where shall we start, Charlie? Where shall we start? What do you think? We could go ah. back to all these people we've interviewed. It must be something to do with the story. Where were we One this afternoon when, when we lost all our memory? Mm. How did we get covered in mud and what happened to us? Charlie, that is, that is the very thing that is going through my head. Where is the red clay? If we can find the red clay in this area, then I think we are onto something here. I reckon mm. that farmer knew more than he was talking about. He got very, <laughs> he got very edgy when he, when we were, when we were telling him the story of, and he was telling us the story of. Um, it must be this murder, this this house with all the disappearances. Just so you know, it's about ten thirty at night right now. It's pretty right. late. I think we need to maybe sleep a little bit, but I think I have another 30 minutes that I can still plan this this next <laughs> adventure. I think we need to go back to that haunted house, find out what's going on. And we do that tomorrow in fresh, fresh clothes, fresh oh, pants. Oh, in the daylight. Fresh... I'm not going there now. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Should we ring the sheriff? If he should is we, still should awake. Should we report Lynn as missing? That is a very good idea, my friend. Have you a telephone? No, mine was broken. You're, you've got one, haven't you? Oh, yes. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember, you've the you've got your Motorola razor with this brushed steel um, case, you know. But that is my Matt personal telephone. I, I, I just got my work phone. <laughs> Then I will make the exception here. Uh, Charlie, have you got the number for the police station? Nine one one. <laughs> <laughs> ah, Charlie, you have a mind of a genius. Be more creative in your life. <laughs> Anton okay. doesn't make many telephone calls. He has people to do that for him. Nine one one. <laughs> You get eventually. You get through to the police station, um, and the operator says, "How can I help you, sir?" Hello, this is Anton Quebec. What kind of emergency are you reporting? Uh, the missing person. Uh, um, okay. Um, well, you, you can't do this over the phone, sir. You're going to have to come down to the station. I have no transport to get me to you. Well, get a cab then, sir, if it's, that, if it's that urgent. How long has this person been missing? Can you give me the person's name? The name is the Lady Linardi. Yes. Uh, and uh, we are, we are how long? Around here. How long? 
I'm going to say maybe several hours from this well, morning. Well, sir, you are aware that we cannot put out a missing persons bulletin for someone that has been missing for a few hours, especially an adult. Can I say that she has been missing for several days? You can say that, sir, but would I believe you after what you've just told me? Uh, we are all very concussed here, and uh, it's very important. She is, she is a very famous media producer, and you would not want that to be on the front of the newspapers before even the police have done anything. Sir, if you are so concerned about your friend, please come down to the station and we will file a report, but we cannot put out a missing persons bulletin 48 hours. Those are the regulations. Then, then you say we have simply just to sit here and wait for the days to pass. She may be on a bender somewhere up in Saginaw. How do you know? She might be dead. <laughs> Sir, believe me, most early missing persons cases do not turn out to be an abduction or a murder. These are the statistics, that, sir. This is okay. I am hanging up on you now. That's, thank you very much for your help. I'll see you. <laughs> I, okay. He slams the phone down before you can put yours down. <laughs> <laughs> the local people are in there, Charlie. They are terrible. Terrible. He probably didn't like your accent. <laughs> yeah, remember, this is literally during the Gulf War. This is, what, 2002, we were saying? French were not well liked. Charlie, they are not very helpful, uh, and they say that uh, more time must elapse before we can uh, register the missing person, but uh, maybe there's something else that will happen. I don't know. It's... I think we should go down there and bang on the table and demand action. That is fantastic. You have the strong side of the hand for the table banging, I think. Well, you're the face. You're, you're the front man. I do the talking, you do the banging. Sounds like a plan. OK, boss. Charlie, have you got a number for a, a cab? <laughs> yeah, Dimitri's. De yeah. How do I, how do I put the back this, of this map, it's, I need um, the numbers for this. <clears throat> yeah, it says Dimitri, and underneath it, it says he's a solid fella. <laughs> okay. I just so you... I just try one one nine. You call you call for a cab, and about ten minutes later, um, this beaten up old banger turns up. I don't know what the American term for that is, but a, a, a junk. A, a what? A hoopty. I've never heard of that. Yes, a hoopty is a really a hoopty. <laughs> So ten minutes later, this this hoopty, this beaten up old. I guess it's. Um, it looks like it was actually a New York cab that was sort of scrapped and then re reconditioned. And this um, slovenly looking man uh, rolls the windows down and he says, "Hello, you call cab? That you is want right, Dimitri? You want Dimitri cab? What do you want? We want to go straight to the police station." I don't like police. You want to go police? Why you tell me you go, you go, you go, you go police? Dimitri, monsieur, you wait outside. You keep the motor running. We are just going in for a moment. Okay, you don't tell them Dimitri took you. Okay. Okay. You, are, you have you have the only taxi company in town, monsieur. That's right. Dimitri, only man who like to who will drive at night. All oh, these lazy Americans. They don't like to work. 
Yeah, we'll go to the police station, please. <laughs> so you get in the cab. Um, it's there, there's some dubious-looking stains on the back seat. Uh, Dimitri says, "Okay, I take you nice and careful." And then he slams his foot on the accelerator, does a wheel spin, skids out of the car park um, onto the interstate, and and just pe- pedal to the metal, guns it down. Uh, he turns on the car radio, and this um, extremely loud, ear-piercing sort of, I guess, Ukrainian folk music plays out, just blasting your ears. And at various points, he's like, and he's like clapping his hands, and you're like, he's taking his hands off the wheel, and the car's like veering, and then he grabs it again. He's like, you like this music? Good music, yes, yes? Good music, yeah. Hey, Dimitri, have you seen anything weird today? Weird? There's a lot of weird shit going down. I've seen you too. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like clapping along. Come on, join in, sing. I love these trips to the country. <laughs> uh, and eventually, eventually he like screeches to a hole outside the, the cop shop and he says, uh, you want me to wait? Oui, oui. Yes. I go round back. You come round back when you're done. I don't like cops to see me. You know, don't like cops. Fascists. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Dimitri. We'll see you very soon. <laughs> okay. So he, um, he, he tootles around the back of the cop shop uh, and you go in. And there's a weary-looking desk sergeant there. He kind of looks up and he says, uh, were you the guys that phoned? That is correct. I am Antoine Quebec, and this is my assistant, Charlie. Hey, I'm a cameraman. <laughs> Everyone's an assistant to Anton. You should know that by now. <laughs> Including never, the police Charlie chief. will never, never say anything other than that. <laughs> OK, and the desk sergeant says, um, OK, sit down, tell me what happened. And he just stifles a yawn. He's, he's got, like... Um, five o'clock shadow he's got a cup of cold coffee black coffee just sitting there on his desk like on top of some papers staining them um doesn't look exactly like he's that on the ball or into the into his job okay so names charlie hogan hogan you frenchy quebec anton quebec how do you spell that Q U B B E C Q B E C Yeah, whatever. Uh, so you tell me your friend's missing. How do you know she's not on a, on a drunk somewhere in town? Well, that uh, we don't. But we check the bar many, at least. There are many, many very fishy things happening at the moment here. Your town is. It's very strange. My town is strange, you say? Have you ever looked You looked yourself in the mirror recently? I am an award-winning <laughs> television presenter, monsieur. I have been in many places. I am on the cutting edge. We were, we were here this morning. We had an interview with the chief. Oh, God. Well, I wasn't on duty then, but um, you spoke to the chief about what exactly? We're making a TV program. 
and oh, our, our colleague, Jesus our colleague, Christ. she's really hardworking. She wouldn't be on a bender while we're while we're making a show. TV, TV. That's all my wife ever does is watch TV. I can hardly get her to get up off that sofa. Does she want you one of the shit? Does she want one of Anton's CDs? <laughs> that, thank you, Charlie. That is what I was thinking. Does your wife watch the Supernatural Files by any chance? I don't know what kind of shit she watches. She just has it on all day. Let me uh. tell you this, monsieur. I think you need to pay a little bit more attention to your wife. He kind of almost half gets up from his chair and says, are you talking to me about my wife? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, stop it. Or I'll pick you up out of that seat and toss you out in the road. We're talking about a missing woman who is very attractive and is a fantastic and very successful film producer, television producer, sorry. Okay. This and she did make that one movie. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Charlie. <laughs> she did. <laughs> okay. And at that point, the door opens um, and a, a rather tubby police captain um comes out the back of the of the police station into the into the kind of main area where you are um and he looks at you and says what are you doing here again i thought we i thought you got everything you wanted charlie you want to uh say something to the yeah lynn's gone missing you met you met lynn this morning she's got she's gone missing and it's really out of character um, all sorts of after we left here, all sorts of shame, strange shit must have gone down because we've we've we all woke up covered in mud and bruises. Um, we're all concussed, and the van was crashed, and Lynn's disappeared. Well, God, I don't, know, I don't know. So he's a big bear of a man. He has a typical cop moustache. He looks he looks a bit beaten down by life. Um, and he says, uh, come on then, come back, come on back. And the desk sergeant just glowers at you as you walk through to the back. Um, and he sits you down and he says, okay. He kind of pinches his nose and he's like, he's obviously had a very long day because you interviewed him at 9.30 this morning. It's, it's now like 11, 11 p.m. Um, and he says, okay, we'll put out... Uh, I'll send a couple of the boys out to drive around. Now, where, where, you said you were up on the McCumsey Road. Uh, okay, so um, did she go with you up to the house? You said you were going to go up to the house. Things are a bit we, hazy, but we think we think that's what happened. Well, have you checked there? Maybe she had an accident or got into trouble. And you said you can't remember anything. Have you been to the hospital? Our, our colleagues have gone to the hospital because they're more injured than we are, um, okay, and we our okay. van's out of out of action. So can one of your guys go up to the to the house, check check for for them? Oh man, there's there's one very important thing that uh, we must talk with you about, and that is this red clay that was all over our bodies, over our clothes. Well, yeah, of course. If you were up at the house, the whole area up there is all in a bed of clay. Mm -hmm. Are there any areas where this is 
very open. The clay. Well, I mean, it's surface. You know, it, most of the soil around here is is uh, loam. Our clothes, our clothes were 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 covered in this red clay. Well, maybe you got into a bit of a tussle. I don't know. Yeah, so that's probably you know, that's why we need somebody to go up to the house to look for Len. We we can't oh, do it. Look, I got a I got a look look I got that that useless jerk out front. He doesn't do anything. Um, okay, look, let me radio Kennedy. See if he'll come out. You must understand, Mr. this is a case. You have gone your whole life through with no cases. And now there comes a case. And well, now is the time to act. The missing children. <laughs> Be quiet, um, Charlie. Okay, when he says Kennedy, if you remember, Joseph Kennedy was on your interview roster. Um, he was one of the ones you interviewed yesterday with um, masked audio. And you know that means that the voice is kind of obscured with those kind of filters anyway so he radios through and he says joe those guys are here again um some problem with uh, their friend miss hardy yeah can you uh can you come by take them up to the mccumsey house i don't know some kind of nonsense about i don't know getting having a mud wrestling match or something okay and we will cut back to the urgent care in 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 Clio. <laughs> now I know how to say it, Clio. Um, so uh, at this point, Vivian, you are you've kind of got over your fit of uh, your fainting fit, and you see you are now sitting with now with three strange men. <laughs> well, four, I guess, if you count the uh, if you count the uh, the doctor, but. but um, but you're well, actually Hester's starting to get this. Sorry? Hester's there. She's there. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Hester's woman. So, yes. Yeah. Strange woman and two strange men. Okay. <laughs> um, but you're starting to get this feeling that actually you do know them. Like, you're not, you can't kind of put your finger on it, but you do know them. Are, are we all still covered in, in or was, was I covered in clay, I guess, is one of, you one of the were, questions. And, and okay. so was so was Lionel, but uh, um, but the other two are cleaned up. Have been okay. Obviously, had a change of clothes. Well, I don't know. Gill's probably pr- pr- not cleaned up. He he had they, they had that race that chase. Oh yeah. Okay. So Gill is also cu- so Gill is also a bit wet and covered in some other types of mud as well. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Yeah. Hester's cleaned up. Uh, so Vivian, you, you you are starting to feel a little bit more sure of yourself but but you are you think you keep seeing movement in the corners of the room and little just think little small things moving around and, but but then you look and you realize there's nothing there but but, but I, you are I feel like to, very twitchy yes it's yeah. very twitchy and, it, and it, uh, it, it, it's okay honey hester will tell you uh, okay um you don't you don't see that no. I, I don't, but we've all been through a lot. We, it's been a very traumatic experience, and we're not sure what's happening yet. I, I think I shall take some refuge in my in my phone and playing with my phone. So uh, okay, okay. So that's, that okay. seemed interesting. And it, you said it had a, has a scanner of some kind attached to it. Yeah. So you are a computer hacker. So you've right. you've put on like a police band scanner. 
and probably some other stuff, like maybe some software stuff you put onto the phone. You've kind of customized it. Oh, okay. And is it uh, is my phone showing me anything out of the ordinary right now, or is it just uh, my normal text messages and uh, and and such? Um, it's not showing you anything um, out of the ordinary, but you do see um, that there was a call on the police band uh, um, to pick some people up from the police station and take them to the McComsey house. And when you see that, um, it kind of it sounds familiar or it, it seems to ring a, ring a bell. Oh, okay. Um, and this, uh, this gal that was sitting next to me, uh, Hester, Hester, is it? Hester. Yep. Hester. And, and I, I will, I will show her the, the call on the phone and ask her if, if, uh, if that, the McComsey house means anything to her. It, it does. That was the, that, that's the haunted house. We came here to do our special on the, that's, that's where a, a number of disappearances and murders and whatnot have happened over the years. That's why we came here to, to film the show. That's what the episode was about. We, we were there this, earlier today, we believe. Is this jogging any memories in me? Yeah. It's, it's uh, starting to come together. You, this image comes into your head, actually, of, of this dilapidated, broken-down old house in the middle of a sea of corn. But no spiders, so we're okay. No, no, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, and and do I get the feeling that I'm part of this television crew then? Um, I'll say that you're kind of wearing like um like a thin jacket over your t-shirt, and as okay. you're thinking this, and you look down, you actually the, the jacket opens slightly, and you see over the left um, breast pocket, you see the letters TSF stitched into the black t-shirt material. Ah, okay. Now, ah, it's, it's starting to come back to me. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Things, things are getting a little clearer. I'll check my pockets for spiders just to be sure. <laughs> and then... And then uh... Okay. Okay. Um, so, Lionel, you want to get out of here. You are not feeling comfortable in this medical center. You don't know why. Something about the smell of antiseptic and those white walls. And, and the that absolute gurney. knowledge. There are sharp things in some of those drawers that mm. they cut on people with. Mm. Oh, yeah. Can I, um, have I come out of the uh, examination room yet? Yes, yeah, you, you're all kind of now milling around in the, in the lobby, I guess, wondering what the hell you're gonna do next in the waiting room rather. I'm well, kind of indicating. I'm kind of indicating we should go back to the hotel. Right. So I say that. You, I say to head that we we go back to the hotel and you know. These yeah, we'll, guys, we'll take okay. them. Yeah, definitely go. We'll take them with us. Did it? Does the doc? Does the hospital have a, a transport or a, can we call a taxi or how, how are we going to get back? No, he said Dim he's a taxi. <laughs> call Dimitri. <laughs> yeah, we'll call Dimitri. <laughs> he's the only game in town <laughs> like well, a lot hopefully, of things. hopefully he's hopefully he's there okay shall we um, shall we contact uh anton and uh charlie yeah you've got phones you can call you can call them 
Well, actually, I haven't got a phone. Oh, but someone's got a phone. Someone gave yeah, I, someone I, a phone. Yeah, I've got a phone. Um, well, I've got my phone from the start. Okay. I'll, I, I guess. Well, but Anton wasn't in my phone. Lionel has a phone, too. Would he have Anton's number? <laughs> That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Lionel's going to look at his phone and go, uh, uh, what was the name you were looking for? Anton? Yeah, I, I have an Anton in my phone. Yeah, if, if, if we can call Anton and see what they're doing. Here, okay. I'll, I'll hand Hester my phone to make the call. Okay, okay you, you get through to Anton. Anton, Great. the phone rings. It's, it's, it's um, Hester. Oh, Hester, you're not Lionel. Who's Lionel? But Lionel's another crew member. We, we met up with them at the hospital. There are two more members of our, of our crew here, Anton. Oh, this is fantastic. Yes. Well, where, where are you, Anton? Uh, we are in the uh, police station. Is everything okay? Are you okay? Do I need to bail you out again? Uh, not this time, madame. Not this time. Uh, Woo. I, I am being as very helpful. I'm being very helpful here. Um, we be are careful what you say to, to the police. Well, Charlie told them everything. I wasn't too sure about it, but Charlie said everything to them. It's, just, it's probably a good idea. Um, and... And maybe tonight we are going back to the haunted house. I, some, maybe is that right, Charlie? Seems like that's what's happening. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, are you the sure that's come that's and a... pick us up? Are you talking to Hester? Why, why don't you get them to come here? Are you are you near the police station? I I don't know. We came here by ambulance. I ask the guy on the counter where the uh, medical centre is. Is it nearby? Yeah, it's just for, just the next block. Why you? You sick? No. Uh... <laughs> okay, so we'll we'll figure it out, and, and and maybe we'll walk over to the police station. How about we do that? So, okay. so Hester will hang up with Anton, hand the phone back to Lionel, and say, "So the, the other members of our crew are over at the police station. They say it's just a block over. Do, do we all want to go over there to the police station?" Oh yes, yes. Yeah, I think we, we definitely need to do that. Yeah, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so let's do that. So we'll all walk over to the police station. We'll, we'll get the doctor to make sure to point us in the right direction. Okay, so you take a, a left and then a right and then a right and then a left, and and you get to the police station. You see the oh. cab with that sketchy-looking cab driver sitting um, in the alley around the back, and then you are all reunited in the uh, in the police station. Finally, you are all back together again, a happy family. Uh-huh. Can, I, can I just say, say, on the way over, I'll confide with Hester that he said that the doctor says I've ingested something. Well, that's not good. My throat's scratchy and hurts. Yeah. I've, got, I've got nothing. I've got nothing wrong with me, but it feels like I'm actually coughing up something I've ingested. Well, I know my throat hurts. That, and, and at that point, Hester will, will turn to while they're walking. To, look, look at Lionel and. Are, are are you guys feeling okay? Do you have anything like like our all of our throats hurt? Like like we swallowed something rough. Have you hmm. had that kind of experience? Yes, definitely. And my skin is really sensitive, like like it's been abraded or something. Yes, yeah. I we, we've had the same experience. I don't know what, but that when they checked out Gil here, the doctor said nothing was wrong with him. 
Well, no, oh. I didn't have a trauma. Yeah. I, I, but I don't trust these small town doctors anyway. So you're on the police station, and and um, a, a cop car pulls up, and the the uh, it must obviously be Joe Kennedy, and he kind of looks at you a little bit startled and says, um, "I can't get you all in the, I can't get you on the in the in the car. Some of you will have to um, wait here. Do you really want to go up to the house now? Can we wait till morning?" Well, that seems that is fine by me. Can't you go though and just check whether whether Lynn's there? She might. Oh, that's right. We want to see one with her. If there's a chance Lynn's up there, we should we should go check. He says, um, "You want me to go up to that house?" Um, You actually sense that that Joseph seems a bit scared to go to the house on his own. He says, "Uh." Oh, it's getting late. I might need to. I've been on duty for like eleven hours. I think I might go in the morning. The chief said I should go up now, but um, maybe I'll go and have a word with him. Aren't you worried about a young lady being stranded up there until the morning? Uh, Well, how do you know she's there? The chief said you didn't know where she was. Well. If there's a chance she's there, don't you? Isn't it your duty to go and make sure? <laughs> you, you don't seem to sway Joe Kennedy at all with your appeal to his duty. He's like, okay. oh, well, you know, does anyone else like to? Well, I'll, I'll just comment. Are you scared or something? <laughs> this is this this conversation is going nowhere. This is a real case. You're a policeman. Monsieur, what is your name? Kennedy, sir. You are, yeah, as I can in see the in Kennedys. your heart that you are a strong man. You're an alpha man. <laughs> you must you must show that what you have. You must show it. This is a case. This is a real case now. He says, look, I, I know it's not rational, but you told me you understand these things. You know, when I told you what I saw up there, you said it could be true. And I, I just lean close to him and I say, you have to understand, we do a lot, we say a lot of things for television, but what I have for you are some pads. <laughs> <laughs> and I give him, and I give him a, a wink. <laughs> Sir, I, I'm not going to piss myself. It's just, I don't know. I, I, even I'm the just... strong men, even the strong men. I, moments. I just, I can't bear to see those things again. What did you see, monsieur? I told you what I saw. You didn't remember? We are, we are all having uh, a couple of problems with the memory. Well, I t- told you when I was, when I was tw- 12, I went up there with my buddy Dale, you know, on a dare. Mm. And, and, you know, they said it was haunted. Uh, we didn't see any ghosts or anything. But um, there was this terrible smell. And um, on the first floor landing, there was this dead cat. Yeah, God, I still can't bear to get, be anywhere near cats. And it was all mm. bloated and stinky. Mm. And, um, and I poked it with a stick, you know, like you do when you're 12. And, uh, mm. well, the damn thing, it just, it just erupted, burst open. 
and and all these horrible like white spider things came out running out of it everywhere running dozens of them running all over the staircase and coming towards us i've never seen anything like it before or since they weren't really like like spiders they were like slugs on legs and uh i know it doesn't make any sense i've i've never seen anything like it but I don't know, they must have somehow crawled up inside that thing and they were, they were eating it out from the inside. Because there wasn't much left of that poor old tabby when they came tearing out. It just, like, collapsed like it was just a, a bag. Oh, Jesus. We just ran screaming out of that house. You can understand, can't you, Mr. Quebec? I don't want to go back to that place. I can understand. I can understand. I'm, gonna, I'm going to minute they says he says spiders came out of it i'm going to scream and uh and try to run away oh boy yeah so you start running north towards nowhere <laughs> i guess there's nothing really there um okay Hester's so Vivi- take off after okay. isn't isn't that where the motorway is again uh no because you're um i mean yeah i mean technically yes but you're in town now so it's not like a full okay. lane you know it's yeah. uh so she, she she runs across the the main the, the main street and up this kind of uh, smaller side street running north. Okay. Okay. What do the rest of you do? You're all a bit shocked. Uh, Joseph Joe Joe looks at what what's up with her? I mean, maybe, maybe she, I mean maybe she's scared of spiders as well. But look, it is a truly disgusting story that you're telling, Monsieur. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know what? Now you understand why I don't want to go back to that place. I mean, that, that stuff's that is creepy what makes as it hell. So true. Sorry, oh. we believe you, Monsieur. This is what makes it so true. Is it so disgusting? Yeah, well, I hope you can understand. How about Lionel? Lionel yeah. goes after uh, Hester uh-huh. and her too because he feels kind of some responsibility for her because he brought, came in with her, even if he doesn't remember why. Sure, mm-hmm. sure, sure. Okay. So, so Joseph like- says, "Look, uh, I'll, I'll look. I know it's not what I should be doing, but I, I, I'll go first thing tomorrow. First light. I'm not going up there at night time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just so sorry." Okay. Here's the deal, Monsieur. You go tomorrow early. We come with you. Okay. 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 Um, look, um, I'll run you back down to the motel. It's the least I can do. That is very kind. Uh, I'll say eventually you catch up to to uh, Vivian, who's just looking frantic and panicked. It, it's okay. It's okay. Calm down. But, but, There's but, nothing but here he to said, hurt you. He said spiders. There's spiders everywhere. There's spiders. He, he was just talking. He was just talking. There, there are no spiders right here. I'm, and, I'm like and Hester looks around really quickly to try to make sure she's learning. <laughs> exactly. I'm I'm completely twitchy and I'm looking at everything, and 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 and, and, and saying spiders a lot um, when they finally catch up with me. Okay, oh, so that. you manage to uh, you manage to calm Vivian down somewhat, okay. uh, and Vivian, you, you're clear enough now to to perhaps explain why you ran in a more rational oh. way. Okay, I I will explain um, to them that you know I had I had this dream about this. Thing of this undulating mass of spider slugs, and and it sounded exactly like what the what what he was describing, and it's just so weird. It's so creepy, and 
and bizarre. And and uh, ha- have you seen it? Look, look at Hester. I, I I haven't, honey. But that sounds horrible, horrible. It's not triggering any memories. No, let's 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 try to head back though. There's no use in being out here in the middle of the night. If nothing else, we can go back to the hotel. Maybe a little bit of sleep will help. I yeah, that no, long, I should, a long day. And, and I and I should get cleaned up. Yeah, yeah, that that sounds good. Yeah, that's probably a good idea. Um, and what I'll say is that um, the police car, Joe, Joe eventually, it's actually very quick because it's only two miles. So, so you know, like five minutes later, Joe's police car turns up again, and he says, "Yeah, um, everything good. You're all good now." Yeah, no, we're fine. <laughs> as can, good you, as can, can you please take us back to the hotel? I, she's going to be okay. She just needs some sleep. Well, we've still certainly, got a taxi. Certainly. Is, um... A good night's sleep, I think, will be good for everyone. Yeah, Dimitri's tab is just up running as he gets left there behind the police station. Yeah. Okay, oh, well, I think and... we should uh, make sure he gets paid because he'll come after us. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dimitri's like, eh! What about me? <laughs> Dinero, money. Hey, we're on expenses. Don't worry, mate. <laughs> okay. So you you, pay, you 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 toss him a 10 or whatever. 10 <laughs> to go two miles. Yeah, that's about right. Um, so um, you, uh, you, you all go back to the, the motel. And let's just cut to you're all settling down for the night after just the worst day that any of you can ever remember or or not remember as the case may be. (laughs) And um, you're all in your individual rooms. Everything is calm and settled now. And those feelings that you've had, the kind of physical and and mental kind of discomfort and and weirdness that seem to be settling in. And you settle down for the night for a long and well-deserved sleep. And the last thing we will do today is Vivian, um, Lionel, and who else? Anton, Anton Quebec. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the three down. of you have the sleep of the blessed, and you wake up beautifully refreshed. Your minds are soothed. Uh, you had a, you just basically fell asleep almost instantly, and it was like that perfect sleep where you're just you black out, you're unconscious, and you wake up feeling refreshed and bright the next morning. Let's start with Gil. Why not? Let's Why start not? With Gil. <laughs> um, yeah, with Gil. Okay. Okay. It is dark and warm as you squirm inside the womb. You can hear muffled sounds around you, Screams of pain and joy. Pressure builds around you and you pulse forward and then you are shoved out through a tight orifice. You wiggle and squirm and squeak and the doctor, tall, looming with dark skin and very white teeth, announces that, that it's a girl. You are held up and then put onto someone's bare chest. The owner of the chest, which you are plopped on, is you. You are staring up at yourself, and a giant version of you stares back, sightlessly, lacking awareness or recognition. 
reflected in the eyes of the other you is the entirety of all the cosmos. The thought of being born out of your own self and then looking up at yourself is a pretty... It'll, it'll be an image that sticks, stays with you for a while, Hester. Here's your dream. Drums. Drums wake you. It is the savage things again. From above, those things dancing, fornicating, and spilling blood in your name, trying to win your favor. The fools. You care not for worship. You only wish to slumber. It is not time for you to awaken yet. Not fully. Still, now that they have roused you, your hunger returns. Terrible, gnawing, unending hunger. So you sluggishly make your way through the red-lit darkness around you. Your ebony spawn slither quickly from your path. The way to the surface is long, but you have time, and the savage things above will not stop their drumming until you answer their summons. Of all the creatures that you have known over all the eons, man is the most persistent in its adulation. <laughs> Somehow the, the dream of being this elder god <laughs> does not actually bother you too much. <laughs> you have learned a spell <laughs> from this dream. Okay. You have learned how to contact okay. the deity Great. that you dreamt about. a spell. Okay, and finally, Charlie, your hands are stained in blood. In one is a dripping knife. In the other is a yellowed skull covered in runes with sentimental value to you. It belonged to your great-grandfather, the first of your line to speak with the children of the grave, the man who changed your family from simple peasants to the wealthiest house in Toulouse. All thanks to the secrets of those who eat death, the children of Neogtha, and for the sacrifices that your family has made. A brief flash of sadness then fills you, but you quickly dismissed it. After all, your beautiful wife is still young, and you can always have more children. And when you wake up in the morning, your bed feels wet inside. Okay. I've wet myself, is that, have I? Or... Well, I don't know. You don't know what it is. <laughs> I, well, I'll, che I'll check. I mean, I'm just, it's urine, is it? Or blood? Uh, or... No, no. You pull back the covers and you yeah. see that the bed sheets are covered in blood, but not your blood because you're not injured. And when Absolutely. you look at it, they form into these weird, like, runes or writing of some kind. And the shapes burn themselves into your mind. And you have learned to spell. You have learned how to contact the children of Neogtha. And what you know is that these children of death, these grave eaters, yeah. <laughs> they, they will come if you call them, but only if you make a sacrifice. And the sacrifice has to be a living creature. The more intelligent, the better.
correct. What is it? What would you marry? A what? A hoopty. I've never heard of that. Yes, a hoopty is a really big park. Being from Michigan, I can tell you, in Clio, they would call it a hoopty. Oh, it's pronounced Clio. It is. Saginaw is pronounced Saginaw, but I'm not. I'm not nitpicking you whatsoever and i'm just gonna sit over here and pretend i'm not from michigan <laughs> i'm sorry <laughs> no, oh Saginaw, gosh, no. Saginaw, Saginaw yes, and clio no. okay oh. <laughs> now andy Thank has you. to go back and uh, and edit the first episode you <laughs> <laughs> no you can just be like that crazy woman doesn't know what she's talking about <laughs> <laughs> okay so